Welcome to Learn Medical Spanish. So today I'm going to be covering some Spanish, some medical Spanish for nurses, and specifically ER nurses doing triage. So as you can imagine, this could be relevant to other nurses in other situations and to other professions too. Certainly some of the same phrases come up for other people as well. So it could be useful, but this is what it's targeted at. And there's tons of triage questions, so it'd be hard to do them all at once. So right now I'm going to do the chief complaint, sort of the past medical history, and then like screening questions, several of the screening questions that nurses use in triage. All right, so you'll if you're on the video, you'll see the English phrase and then see the Spanish phrase, have a chance to think about it. Um, and I'll say it out loud twice in Spanish, and you can repeat it after me each time, because the hardest part of learning Spanish is... Talking out loud, actually producing the phrases yourself, producing the words yourself. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. So the very first phrase is, why have you come here today? So it's like, you know, what brought you in? Why have you come here today? So think about how to say that in Spanish. ¿Por qué ha venido aquí hoy? ¿Por qué ha venido aquí hoy? And this is probably a, a fair time to mention that there's a hundred different ways you could phrase this, and there's lots of different ways you could phrase the other things I'm going to say throughout this conversation. So feel free to tweak it to your own preferences. Um, just like in English, everybody has a different way of explaining things or whatever. Feel free to kind of adjust it as you learn a little more, but this is one option of how to say things, and that'll be true for all the other stuff that I'm going to say. All right. So that was the first phrase. And then the next two are going to kind of cover if you want to make it clear that, that you don't know very much Spanish and they, they shouldn't <laughs> say anything too complicated. So if you want to add this, here's a couple things you could say. You could say, simple words, please. I don't understand much Spanish. Palabras sencillas, por favor. No entiendo mucho español. Palabras sencillas, por favor. No entiendo mucho español. Later, we can call an interpreter. Más tarde, podemos llamar un intérprete. Más tarde, podemos llamar un intérprete. So those two phrases, if you want to just make it really clear up front that you're just kind of getting the basics, you're just, and keep it simple so I can understand and that sort of thing. <laughs> that might help. All right, moving on. How tall are you? ¿Cuánto mide usted? ¿Cuánto mide usted? How much do you weigh? ¿Cuánto pesa? ¿Cuánto pesa? I need to weigh your child here. Necesito pesar su niño o niña aquí. 
Necesito pesar su niño o niña aquí. So obviously you'd only use that third one if it's a child. Um, on those first two phrases, you'll notice I used usted in one of them, and the other one I left that out. The reality is you don't. You, it's optional every time. You could say cuánto mide, cuánto pesa, or cuánto mide usted, cuánto pesa usted. But that's the third person uh, also. So you, that's also the third person conjugation. So which means you could just use that for a child as long as you leave out the word usted. Cuánto mide su niño, cuánto pesa su niño, etc. Um, all right, moving on. Do you have other medical problems? ¿Tiene otras enfermedades? ¿Tiene otras enfermedades? And you know how half the time when you ask a patient that, they kind of struggle with what to say. <laughs> so you sometimes need to prompt them, uh, say like, like diabetes or high blood pressure. So that's what we'll do. So, like diabetes, como diabetes, como diabetes, high blood pressure, alta presión, alta presión, others, as in other you know, enfermedades, other medical problems. Otras. Otras. So, of course, you could say otras enfermedades. And when I said alta presión, people usually understand that, but you could say alta presión de sangre if you wanted a more complete phrase. All right, so I have another video about that goes over like how to ask about medications, allergies, social history, uh, family history, and surgical history, if I didn't say that already. Um, but I noticed that that one was missing a couple screening questions that you might want to use. So, but yeah, you know, check out that video, that episode, or whatever to cover that stuff. But I noticed it was missing a couple things, so we'll cover part of that here. And that's about the frequency of alcohol use and the last drink. Um, so we'll cover the alcohol part here. Do you drink alcohol? Toma alcohol? Toma alcohol? Daily? A diario? A diario? When was your last drink? Or when was the last time you drank alcohol? ¿Cuándo fue la última vez que tomó? ¿Cuándo fue la última vez que tomó? So if you're paying close attention, you'll notice oftentimes there's words you can leave out or not leave out. Like when you say toma, you don't really have to say toma alcohol, but it's more clear. And when I said, when was the last time you drank? I didn't say alcohol. I just said, when was the last time you took or drank? So words can be optional and you can decide how many extra words you want to add <laughs> sometimes. Do you feel safe at home or where you're staying slash living?
se siente seguro o segura en casa o donde está viviendo? ¿Se siente segura o seguro en casa o donde está viviendo? And if you're looking at the video, you'll see it says seguro. It has like the O slash A. So that's one of various words where you would change it depending on the gender of the person you're talking to. So seguro for men, segura for women. And then I didn't say where you're staying. I said where you're living. Donde está viviendo, just because it's easier. Um, but you could say something like donde está hospedada or hospedado. If it's more like where you're staying temporarily, if you wanted to to say something like that. Next phrase, are you thinking of harming yourself or harming other people? ¿Está pensando en lastimarse a usted mismo o lastimar a otras personas? ¿Está pensando en lastimarse a usted mismo o lastimar a otras personas? So again, if you're looking at the visuals, uh, you'll notice I've used a couple different kinds of parentheses. In general, the parentheses mean you could just leave out that part of the phrase and it would probably work. So I use those if there's like kind of something to leave out in the English phrase and the Spanish phrase that matches up. In this case, I use the brackets. That's because it's kind of different. It's just a little, a uh, few words that help clarify in Spanish what you're talking about. So you say, está pensando en lastimarse. So right there, you could stop there and that would make sense. But it's very important that they hear the last uh, suffix of that word, lastimarse. Because without the se, it doesn't mean hurt yourself. So lastimarse. Um, so that's why you could add a usted mismo to make it more clear in case they didn't quite catch it. You know, especially someone with mental health issues might not be listening that carefully. <laughs> so so that's why, it, that's why it looks like that. So you could say it without the phrase in brackets. You could say, ¿Está pensando en lastimarse o lastimar a otras personas? And that would also work. Moving on. Have you traveled outside the country recently? ¿Ha viajado fuera del país recientemente? ¿Ha viajado fuera del país recientemente? Have you been exposed to TB or tuberculosis? ¿Ha estado expuesto a la tuberculosis? ¿Ha estado expuesto a la tuberculosis? And I didn't put it there, but I think that's another example where you could say expuesta if it was a female that you're talking to instead of expuesto. Are you willing to receive a transfusion if it were necessary to save your life? So if it were necessary is in parentheses because this could be a confusing phrase sometimes, but... You can shorten it. But anyway, are you willing to receive a transfusion if it were necessary to save your life?
está dispuesto a recibir una transfusión si fuera necesaria para salvar su vida? ¿Está dispuesto a recibir una transfusión si fuera necesaria para salvar su vida? So I probably should have written it there, but yeah, dispuesto and dispuesta. That's another one you change depending on the gender of the person you're talking to. So there's quite a few words like that, but usually if you mess that up, it's not going to be that big of a deal because they know you're not that good at Spanish. If you're not that good at Spanish, then they know that and they're not going to like nitpick that. They'll still understand you, generally speaking. But yeah, you could say está dispuesta for a woman. Um, and again, you could leave out the middle part of that phrase. You could just say, está dispuesto a recibir una transfusión, or then, leave, then say the last part, para salvar su vida, and that could be good enough. But you know how that, people are often going to be confused by that phrase, right? And just like in Spanish and English, English and Spanish, same way. They'll be confused by the question like, what do you mean I need a transfusion? Anyway, all right, next, have you fallen recently? ¿Se ha caído recientemente? ¿Se ha caído recientemente? How long ago? ¿Hace cuánto tiempo? ¿Hace cuánto tiempo? And why is it se ha caído? It's because it's a reflexive verb, meaning something that's happening to oneself. So there's just lots of verbs that have that extra pronoun because they're reflexive, something happening to oneself. So that's why it's se ha caído instead of ha caído. Do you have a preferred pharmacy to send prescriptions? ¿Tiene una farmacia preferida para mandar recetas? ¿Tiene una farmacia preferida para mandar recetas? Do you have a primary care doctor? ¿Tiene un médico de atención primaria? ¿Tiene un médico de atención primaria? There are a few other ways to say that. You could replace médico with doctor. You can replace atención primaria with a couple other things, but this is one way and possibly the most correct way to say that. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but if you haven't already gotten my five very focused beginner lessons on medical Spanish, you can get those at learnmedicalspanish.org slash lessons. So just go to that URL, and I'll probably put a link below as well so you can just find that. Super high-yield stuff for providers and really useful for nurses too. All right. So if you haven't checked out some of the other dialogues on my channel or on my podcast, here's a link to a playlist here where you can find a bunch of those medical Spanish dialogues and then a bunch of really high yield beginner Spanish stuff too. So if you're just kind of a beginner with Spanish, and then there are some other links below. Thanks for watching or listening, and I'll see you next time on Learn Medical Spanish. 
the Learn Medical Spanish podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to see your own medical providers. It also is not a substitute for using a medical interpreter when needed.